0: Now, fight back with Libby Snymer on Zuber Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Zoomers
1: retire and we live longer. The cost of funding an expanded Canada pension plan is going to balloon to nearly $250 billion by 2060. Five times the planned spending this year. That's just one revelation from a new report by the country's chief actuary, the chief Number cruncher, so to speak. Can we afford it? What do you think? Is an expanded Canada pension plan a good idea in light of the increased costs? 416. 360-0740 360 or toll-free 740 I want to hear from you on this. It's your pension, after all. A lot of you who are listening are approaching that age of 65 when you will begin to collect a Canada pension plan. Maybe you're already collecting it. Maybe you're planning to live a long time. A lot of people are living into their 90s now. Uh, the centenarians are the fastest group, the fastest growing demographic, according to the recent Stats Canada Census information. So for that and with that in mind, when you turn 65, you could technically collect CPP for 35 years. Can we afford it? 416-360-0740 toll-free 1-866-744-740 Joining us on the line is Wanda Morris, the VP of Advocacy for For CARP, a new vision of aging. Wanda, nice to have you on the show.
2: Jane, always a pleasure.
1: Your initial thoughts on this report?
2: Well, well, I think we have to be careful not to be uh, swayed by sensational headlines. Of course the the numbers are going up. that's because we have and CARP certainly campaigned for an increase to CTP benefits, uh, so that's going to be funded between now and you know, the next forty years, as, as well as that um, individuals like you and me are are paying right now into CTP so that when we do retire, we have the, the funds to uh, to retire on. And, and certainly the, the reports from the actuaries show that the plant is very healthy and, uh, and the, um, you know, government watchdogs say this is affordable. So I don't think this is, I think this is something to celebrate.
1: So you don't see this as a concern. You, you think it's more the way the story is perceived, that it could be bad news.
2: Yes, and I, I notice if you read some of the headlines in the news out there and then you read the actual stories themselves, there's a bit of dissonance there. Um, I think the story itself is good news. We've got a very strong Canada Pension Plan Investment Board. They are making solid returns and are very diversified to protect us. And in an, in an era where defined pension benefit plans are disappearing, it's great that we'll be able to rely on a CPP that will give us a, you know, a, a, a um, guaranteed amount throughout our retirement.
1: Well, Wanda, as an expert, we certainly appreciate your reassurance, especially for those in our 50s who've been paying into it since we were teenagers. The last thing you want to hear is that you may not be able to get your full pension when you get to be 65.
2: And I, I think, again, that's, that's alarmist talk, and, and the actuary has said that as long as we um, fund it at, um, as long as we get a return of 3.9%, it's good for 75 years, and, and recent returns have been you know, well above that. So uh, I think we're, we are in, in good shape.
1: Do we have the professor on the line? Okay, we've also got Gordon Anderson, professor of economics at U of T, with us. Uh, hello, Mr. Anderson, uh, Dr. Anderson, uh, Wanda Morris, and Jane Brown here with you on Zoomer Radio.
3: Uh, hi, Wanda.
1: Hi, Jane. Hi, good to have you along. Uh, we've you just much. we've just heard Wanda's interpretation of the report from Canada's chief actuary. Yeah. What are your thoughts on it? Is the economy as healthy as Wanda is making it out to be?
3: I I. Th- I don't think there's a real problem with the economy. The, the real difficulty is the fact that um, our ageing population is getting much larger than our younger population, and as a consequence, it's getting tougher for them, as it were, to provide for us. I speak as a 71-year-old, um, and the 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 sorts of the base, if you like, in the economy for making provision for the elderly is is sort of diminishing relative to the stock of elderly people.
1: Well, what's interesting about this report is the revelation that extra money to be doled out through CPP – funded by an increase in employee and employer premiums, is expected to reduce the number of low-income seniors, meaning $3 billion less in spending on the guaranteed income supplement in 2060, long way off, over 40 years away, uh, and reduce overall spending on old-age security benefits, which are scaled back as incomes rise. So, Professor, maybe we can afford it. Oh,
3: no. I don't doubt that we can afford it. It's just that it's um it 's sort of a shift a shift uh, there's an increasing burden on younger people um, compared to the current situation that 's the i think the the cause for concern there's certainly the the income the, the growth in the economy will will aid in this respect but um it it's it 's something that 's happening the world over not only in um, Canada, we have because of the various advances in healthcare, we have a, a growing, aging population relative to um, the young population, and yeah, I, I honestly think that um, we have to look down the road to uh, retirement age sort of increasing, mm-hmm. and uh, people working longer. Um, that, that will alleviate some
1: of the burden. Well, and those are, the, those are interesting issues to touch on and, and just hang on the line. We've got a bank of callers who want to get through and tell us their opinions about the Canada Pension Plan. 416 360 or toll-free 866 740 I just want to clarify, Wanda, more as a reminder uh, what is offered now for People 65 Plus and what the future of CPP and OAS will look like under an expanded pension plan in the future.
2: Absolutely. So right now, um, the Canada Pension Plan gives individuals uh, 25% of their pre-retirement income up to a maximum of 50 uh, of, of insured income of 54000 a year. So 25% of that 13500 is the maximum somebody would be getting now. That's increasing up to 33% of earnings uh, and up to um, what's now 72000 and will, of course, uh, increase every year with inflation. So we're still not talking about enough to live on, but enough to, to help people uh, along with other retirement benefits like old age security and their own savings.
1: And let's talk about the old age security aspect of the pension, what we're entitled to now and down the road.
2: Yeah, and that uh, right now individuals, uh, and I uh, don't have the specific sorry, I don't have the specific number off the top of my head, but um, individuals earning up to seventy-five thousand uh, a year, approximately, receive an old age security amount. Um, if there are, are are poorer seniors who are earning less than twenty thousand a year, they get an additional amount called mm. a, a guaranteed income supplement. Once you hit that 75000 you start to, to lose your old age security benefits, uh, and it, it disappears once you um, reach an amount over uh, um, 100000
1: So the idea being that OAS is for people who need more funds in retirement.
2: Exactly. I think it's also important to differentiate between the funding of the two. Mm -hmm. The Canada Pension Plan that the report has has looked at, this is a self-funded plan. It's funded by employees and their employers, uh, and actuaries are are estimating how much is needed. That plan is in good shape. I think we can have a separate conversation about old age security where... um, you could argue that uh, individuals receiving it today have paid for it in the past because of all the taxes they've paid over the years, but there's not separate funding set aside. Uh, so there have been comments about perhaps that amount needs to be um, redistributed, for example, from from the wealthier seniors to the poorer ones to, to help make it more effective. Uh, and certainly it's, it's that program, it's the OAS, that uh, will be more of a challenge to fund as we have more people that are retired and fewer people that are working. Um, I'm in complete agreement with the professor that, that the, the solution is, um, you know, now that people are living so much longer, let's uh, incent them to stay in the workplace. Uh, already, if you're 65, um, you can defer both your CPP and your OAS until 70, and every year you delay, you get um, an additional amount. Why stop at 70? I think we should defer that to to 75. I think we should change some of our rules around uh, RIFs so that people don't have such a disincentive to work. And I think that... Be, you be know, a great way to solve the problem as opposed to to beating up on seniors for having um, you know lived great and healthy, productive lives and now enjoying their retirement. A
1: refreshing perspective from Wanda Morris of CARP, the VP of Advocacy for CARP. We also have Dr. Gordon Anderson, Professor of Economics at U of T on the line. And your calls, 416-360-0740. Toll-free, 1-866-744-740. Let's go to Lynn Imbrugge. Burlington, Hi, Lynn, go ahead. Lynn, hi, you're on Zoomer Radio.
4: Thank you for taking my call. I've waited for a program of this nature. I'm 66 years old. I do get OAS and CPP. However, I am working full-time. I am facing some medical issues which may prevent me from maintaining a full-time position. What I get from CPP and old age security is very, very minimal. It's 413 and then 385. Mm -hmm. And for me to qualify for GIS, I have to physically be unemployed. So my dilemma is, what do I do?
3: Mm.
1: Well, presumably you're making a lot more in your full-time position than you would with a guaranteed income supplement. Absolutely, yes.
4: But when I get to the point where I'm not able to have full time employment, yes, how do I survive? What right. do I live on? When
1: do you when do you foresee that time coming, Lynn? How many years?
4: Very shortly. My my uh, medical advisors have already told me that I'm getting to that point where I'm going to have to look at you know possibly letting go of my job or. or lowering my hours, and and even lowering my hours is not feasible at this time. I live alone, and uh, it's just me taking care of me.
1: Lynn, um, hang on, I want to get both uh, the professor and Wanda's comments about this. Wanda, this is very common, isn't it? Uh, Women uh, over 65 in Canada um, falling into a situation where they're under the poverty line.
2: Oh, Jane, so common uh, one quarter of, uh, of female women uh, pardon me of, of females over 65 are living in poverty and uh, you know we, we really need to do more to address it particularly individuals that are living in cities with uh, high housing costs uh, they can can find themselves um, really stretched trying to make ends meet
1: so in Lynn's case any thoughts any advice any guidance
2: uh, you know, there, there are some, uh, some great resources out, out there. I don't know if one's in the Toronto area, but the uh, Older Women's Network, um, certainly in the Toronto area, has some, has some ideas. And, you know, at CARP, we're promoting ways to sort of reduce structural costs uh, things like shared housing that uh, addresses the, the the two things that many people deal with: how do we combat loneliness, and how do we deal with high housing costs?
1: Professor Anderson, do you have a comment about Lynn's situation yeah, yeah. because it is common?
3: Yeah, with regard to Lynn's predicament, it. I mean, the fact is, uh, with the aging population, the likelihood of somebody having to rely upon the GIS. In old age is is increasing because that that particular um, component of the population is more vulnerable to those sorts of difficulties, and that's that's an area that I really think needs addressing um, in terms of a particular augmentation of the GIS for mm-hmm. seniors. I, I think that would be something that would would help in a minimalist sort of way, but uh, it's a a real problem, and as I say, with with an increasing sort of aging population, um, people like Lynn are uh, going to be uh, observed even more frequently than they are now.
1: Lynn, thanks for calling in. All the best to you. Thank you. Let's go to Al in Brantford. Hi, Al. You're on Zoomer Radio.
5: Okay. I've got a little thing for the professor there. Historically, This program was originally initiated by John Diefenbaker. It was shot down by Lester Pearson saying it would bankrupt the country if they implemented the program for retirement that he had drawn up on the table when he lost the election. It was only because Canadians raised hell because they knew about it that the Liberal government brought it in what they did get today. Now, under under, uh, Diefenbaker's old age plan, you would have been able to pay in, and when you had bad years, you could catch up on the next time you got back working if you are off work so that you're, you're, you would have a bare minimum somewhere along there that everybody would be at and was going to keep you above the poverty line. If you worked at a, at a medium wage at that time, your, your plan would have taken you to almost what you finished working with if you right. paid that way all the way through it for 25 or 30 years. I forget what it was now. What does a professor remember about that?
3: I, I, I'm afraid I'm, I'm an immigrant to Canada, so I, I don't remember much about the, the history in that regard. But I fully appreciate a, a plan that you can sort of move into and out of and make compensations throughout your um, working career, as it were. It makes eminent sense.
1: Uh, what do you think, Wanda? I mean, as we expand the CPP, should we put more provisions in there where, at some points, you need it more than other times, so you can opt in and out of it?
2: Uh, I well, I, I never want anyone to to opt out, um, and because it is based on on, on earnings that you're making, the um, you know you'll never be asked to do more than is reasonable.
1: Not so much opt out permanently, but like just opt out temporarily.
2: I like the idea of top-ups, where, where people could make additional contributions if they, uh, you know, had had um, amounts that they were earning above the minimum and had had perhaps some slower years. You know, at CARP, we uh, we advocated for a much greater increase in the CPP. It's, it's gone up to, to a third of earnings, which is, terrific. We were actually shooting for it to cover half of earnings just because uh, so many of our members had have said, have said to us, you know, if I knew then what I know now, I would have saved more for retirement. Mm-hmm. But there's always challenges. There's so much to do. We love the idea of having individuals and their employers uh, save for retirement through a, a greatly enhanced CPP and taking you know, more pressure off OAS and other General uh,
1: revenues. Uh, you ran through the numbers uh, for us a couple of minutes ago, uh, talking about where we're at now with uh, the actual payments under the CPP and how they are going to increase. When does that time come when you can expect that uh, maximum thirty three percent of seventy five thousand?
2: Uh, it's not going to kick in for a while, and and here I think it's it's really important to note that that our you know our members supported this, they campaigned on this, and they are paying into the enhanced CPP, and they're not going to benefit a right. time from it. Right. Uh, and, but so many of our members would walk through fire for their children and their grandchildren, and they just really knew this was the right thing to do.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio, heard weekdays from noon to one. Ah! fight back with libby's nimer on zoomer radio with guest host Jane Brown.
1: We're talking about the Canada Pension Plan and a new report that's come out by Canada's chief actuary, which reveals that the cost of an expanded Canada Pension Plan is going to balloon to nearly $250 billion by 2060. That's 43 years from now. Wanda Morris of CARP is on the line with us, as is Dr. Gordon Anderson, professor of economics at U of T. Both say the Canadian economy is healthy and that we We can eventually fund this kind of Canada pension plan. Reassuring news for those of us who pay into it. And we're taking your calls as well. Let's go to Vera, or Verna rather, in Empire Corners. Where's that? It's between Hamilton and Dunville. Okay, very good. What's your comment? My comment
6: is not... I'm going to vent, actually... When I when I was uh, applying for my CPP, I had worked for um, a number of years. I was able uh, to stay home with my kids until they were in both in grade one full time, full day school at that time. But then when I went to get my CPP, the amount that was given for that time home was very little. And I think I we are putting so much into child tax credits. Um, I don't think we encourage mums or dads to stay home with their children these days.
1: Well, that's an interesting uh, angle. Wanda, would you like to
2: address that? I, I would. And in fact, there has been, uh, and, and unfortunately not uh, soon enough for our caller, but there have been now some changes to the Canada Pension Plan to recognize that, uh, that uh, particularly women, but sometimes men, take uh, time off to, to raise children and also uh, time off as caregivers and that, uh, that the CPP needs to be adjusted to reflect those. And, 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 in fact, we've seen some changes to CPP to do just that. Professor, your comments?
3: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I don't think that it makes sense these days to um, – it, it's something we can afford, and I don't think it makes sense to prevent people, as it were, or make it incumbent upon people to give up time spent at home. With children, caring for children, uh, to penalise them in some sense for so doing. So, uh, yeah, I I I I I agree with the the changes that have been made. They probably don't go far enough, but it's a question always of uh, sort of graduating this thing. It's what you can afford when you can afford it.
1: So, Verna, it looks like uh, your venting, other people venting in similar situations has had a positive effect. Thanks for calling in.
6: Oh, can I make one more comment? Yes. I would like to know if, since, and I really don't know, when I got a baby bonus, it was $6 a month. That Mm -hmm. didn't even pay for little baby shoes. No. (laughs) uh, The child tax credits, I don't really know what they are, but they seem to get quite a bit of money. And um, I'm just wondering... Why they don't, uh, up the old age pension. I know you're talking about the money going out and all the money for CPP, that's going to be whatever. But I just wonder why they don't increase old age pension. Yes.
1: So, Wanda, where is the fight at right now for OAS? Uh, CARP was among the advocates who was out there and got the Liberal government to reverse the Conservative government's decision to raise the OAS eligibility to 67. What are CARP members looking for now with regard to that?
2: Yeah, so we have uh, had the, the rollback of the age of eligibility to 65, um, and and what we're we're looking at is is more flexibility, so that if people choose to to work later, they uh, our our working system and our tax system uh, rewards them for doing so. We had also campaigned for uh, increases to GIS for our poorest seniors, and uh, in the latest budget there was a thousand dollar increase to GIS for our most poor seniors, we uh, single seniors, so we're very happy about that. Uh, but uh, looking at how costs have risen, you know, particularly in, uh, in, in urban centres, we're wondering if that's enough and, and assessing whether we need to, to be asking for more, and, and certainly your caller would be saying that we do.
1: Let's get back to the phones. Mary and Kitchener, hi, you're on Zoomer Radio.
7: Hi, I agree with the last lady that was on the phone. I, never, I worked out of the house, uh, well, it's 60 years now I would be married, and I worked out of the house for about 14 months. I stayed at home. I raised six kids, and then as they got married, I helped them out. I made sure that my daughters got a job because I knew that I'd be pooched when, if anything happened to my husband. So anyway, what um, I'm wondering for that 12 months, When I applied for it, when I turned 60, I got $14 and change, Canada Pension Plan. And uh, right now it's up to $100, and I'm going to be 79 this year. And I'm wondering, too, when they're going to raise old age pension and start looking after a little bit some of us women that stayed at home and raised our kids and helped with the grandkids in that that we didn't go out to work, and I th- I know a lot of women that are in my shoes, and and I think it's high time the government starts looking into the old age pension. I get five hundred and change old age pension a month. Luckily, my husband had a very good job. I get sixty percent of his CPP, and his. And his,
1: um, oh, his his work his pension, pension plan okay. for right his work. right. Yeah. So are you making ends meet, Mary?
7: It, it's not easy. Yeah. there's investments, but you know what? I uh, twice now since he died, I drew out 5000 dollars in investments, and I had to pay $2,500 dollars back to the government.
1: Okay. Yes, I mean, uh, Professor, this is probably a good time, uh, Mary, I've just let you go there, but it's a good time to remind people who are younger the importance of saving, the importance of not relying on the system solely to, to fund your retirement years.
3: Uh, absolutely. And it's something that uh, with, with people living longer, they're, they're going to make, have to make even more provision than our generation did have to make because um if you if you maintain retirement at say age sixty five, um, you're going to live so much longer after that period of time down the road. Um and that's that's a longer lifetime if you like to make annual provisions for. Uh, could I say something about the um the fixed uh numbers that you you're using So it's 50,000, I can't remember what the proportion is for eligibility for um, the CPP. Um, I wish those numbers weren't fixed as categorical numbers. I wish they were related to median income Mm -hmm. or or average income in, in society. It would be a very simple thing to do. And what would happen is then whatever proportion you decided was appropriate would ratchet up with incomes as society's average incomes improve.
1: Well, thank you for that thought. I uh, want to get the final word here from Wanda. We are going to change topics. Uh, Wanda, we could continue this conversation for the rest of the half hour. My lines are all booked up, but we do have to
2: move on. Uh, Your final thoughts? Uh, Just that... uh Know that our, our Canada pension plan is solid, it's well funded it is self-funded and uh in terms of of OAS we uh, old age security uh certainly we can take a look at that and and perhaps there is uh some margin for for a, a redistribution to make sure that our our poorest seniors can live out their years with uh peace and dignity
1: Thank you both Thank you. Wanda Morris, VP of Advocacy for CARP, A New Vision of Aging, and Dr. Gordon Anderson, Professor of Economics at U of T.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio.